Welcome to Iconic, where we talk about all things 13th Age. I'm your host, JM, and with me as always are Nick and Mark. Hey, hello. We have a great show for you this week. We're doing our review on the first Battle Scenes book uh, by Cal Moore, uh, High Magic and Low Cunning. But before we get into that, guys, how's gaming been going? Anything interesting? What's been going on? What's going on in gaming with you, Mark? It's been an exciting week. <laughs> um, as one of his GMs, I know that. Yes, yes. Uh, my Friday night group is just chugging along. It's good. They ran into Swamp Reeks and a nymph. Well, they haven't talked to the nymph yet, but that kind of scares them. But dealing with a witch and a nymph, and they historically don't like them. Bad, bad juju. Uh, as far as a player, um, my demonologist died at the hands of a cyclops. Well, actually, at his mall. Yes, that's true. That's true. Squishy bits. Yeah, squishy bits. Got, got critted. Uh, some explosives he had went off. It was quite interesting. But I got to play the demon, summon demon, uh, for the rest of the battle. Yeah, and half of the so. time you were on the player side, and then the other half of the and time the other you were half, on mine. Yeah, I, I, we lost control, so uh, <clears throat> went to their side, and they prevailed, which is fine. And they freed my new character, Dragonborn Berserker. So we're trying to port that in from 13th Age Glorantha, and yeah. just creating the character is lots of fun. Lots of choices. Uh, it'll be interesting next my, we meet. My, my favorite part of that character death was the fact that I just decided to, at random, embellish the Cyclops attack. And so I, I built it up like, you know, the Cyclops is just going to drive you into the ground like a spike. He doesn't even seem to care that you're a living thing. He's just, you know, attacking you like, like, a, like you know, it's like someone driving railroad mm -hmm. spikes in. Well, natural 20. Oh, well, all right. Well, you. I guess <laughs> I guess he does drive you into the ground like a railroad spike. That's right. That's right. Oh, wait, wait. Don't, don't forget I've got a bag of explosives yeah, that the another group. character dropped off because of where we're at. And then the other character, Arthas, mentioned, oh, by the way, he's got that vial of demon lord blood that exploded and splashed. And so people were ducking so as not to take contamination. It was yeah. fun. Yeah, so the 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 heir to or the challenger to the dwarf king mantle may or may not have been exposed <laughs> to the blood of a demon lord. But the group's still siding with him. That should be fine. Should be fine. No issues whatsoever. Hey. What about you, Nick? What's going on with you in gaming? Well, in that combat, which was um that, that was an excellent session, by the way. Um my character Maris, who's a cleric, um almost died and but was able to um with the assistance of others in the party, come back and do what she needs to do. And we ended up um, conquering all, uh, which was a lot of fun. In the the game that I'm running, the Numenera game, we were getting really close to wrapping that up and trying to figure out what we're going to switch and do next. Probably do something with 13th Age because it's awesome. And um, yeah. Very cool. I guess for me... Obviously, I'm running a 13th age for the two of you guys. Yes. And um, it was interesting to post the dungeon montage. It seems to be getting some good feedback. Uh, again, I'm just like, if you want more information, you need to go check out John Wick's Play Dirty 2 because the man's advice is is brilliant. Um, but for me, let's see what else. You're, Nick, you're in my Pathfinder 2 playtest. Mm -hmm. And then, Mark, you're in my, my Jackal's playtest. I am. For... Um, <coughs> my game so yeah got a lot of gaming going on a lot of gaming and i'm looking at trying to get a uh, glorantha game started in october because i need one more <laughs> just one more game um 
Well, that was something new that happened in our Pathfinder playtest. Uh, we're <laughs> just a couple sessions in, and again, my fighter loses an arm. <laughs> Your fighter, who has been specifically designed to wield, to need two hands to wield his weapons. Again. Got different systems, different games, same thing. Oh, happens. this is a different character. That, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. No, Nick Nick seems to have a uh, remarkable ability to lose limbs in my <laughs> games. And it's not even like I'm like, I think I, I think I need Nick to lose a limb. It's like, here's the situation. And oh, nope. Nope. That. OK. <laughs> OK. I keep wanting to play a fighter and I keep getting um, blocked just a couple <laughs> sessions in yeah. to really be able to engage it. Yeah. You can be one on fighter. Yes, yeah, you can. I will learn to be. Well, and in Tanara, <laughs> there's plenty of magical ways to get that replaced right. pretty easily. But all right. Well, we're going to go into High Magic and Low Cunning. Again, the first of the Battle Scenes books. Uh, for those of you who are listening, we're going to uh, try and do, as always, uh, keep away from any any spoilers, at least in this case being uh, mechanical bits or even... Um, major reveals of the adventures but just realize we're talking about a book of adventures so that's just gonna be a natural outgrowth of talking about it we're really excited about the battle scenes books uh they came out kind of in the interim between season one and season two of iconic and i personally love them i use them fairly often in my games in fact the the little adventure arc that we just finished at the 13th age game was taken out of the crown commands and we'll talk a little bit about why i chose to do that and how i'm using the battle scene books but let's let's get into it so nick what are the battle scene books um the the battle scene books are a, a, a collection of encounters oriented around specific icons and i know that um um I know there's been a little bit of frustration and confusion about the name battle scenes. Um, each one of these encounters does have a battle scene in it, but what's included in the book is a lot more than just battle scenes. They're, they're actually full on encounter scenes, um, adventure hooks. There's associations with different icons leading into these um, encounters, um, which can be modified if you want to be using a different icon. Um, there's a lot of hooks going into it and then coming out of whatever that arc is uh, hooks to say, well, if you succeeded and you're using this hook then this is what happens next uh, or if you failed and you're using this hook this is what's happening next um, and a lot of ways of being able to weave them um, through each one of the other uh, battle scenes that are um, published yeah even, even cross books yeah don't don't confuse this with and i can't remember if it was three five or pathfinder that they had something like this but it was very short like a one page and a map oh the dungeon it was jokes. just a, yeah it was just a battle not a whole lot of intro. This is totally different, much more into it, different levels for the different tiers. So you can insert it, you know, the adventure tier, do some more in your campaign. Here's the champion. So you can link them together and then they give you guidance on that. And I like especially of at the end of it, here's from your choices, this is what's happened. That's kind of neat. So I mean, this book has 40, 44 adventures. Um, plus a bonus one that you can download as an extra PDF. Um, so, I mean, if you're wondering what do I do next or my characters have the side plot, what am I going to do? Um, there's a lot to choose from. Well, yeah, and so they break them down by icon and by tier. And so you're given three set pieces, if you will, 
um, that should amount to about one heal-up's worth of, of encounters. And in the core book, or sorry, and in High Magic and Low Cunning, they cover the Archmage, the Hydruid, the Orc Lord, the Prince of Shadows, and the Three. And so you're getting five of the 13 icons. And as Nick said, you're getting about three, three scenes per icon, or three encounters, if you will, per icon. I mean, it adds up. There's a lot of material in this book. Yep. Now, as a warning, they are listed as slightly more challenging. Would you would you guys say that they were slightly more challenging? <laughs> uh, well, going by the book or by what you threw at us on Saturday? <laughs> by the <clears throat> either. Well, what you threw at us on Saturday was pretty much by the book minus some stuff. You yeah, took that was some stuff madness, away. Madness! What you yeah. threw at us. I did not. I did not include the poison gas trap. And you guys have shown that if if there is a poison trap or if there's just any sort of trap, <laughs> as opposed to moving away, hey, let's away go stand it, over there. It must be the safe zone. This must be. <laughs> I love taking twenty <clears throat> points of damage around. Um, <laughs> so anyway, that one was uh, marked as a double strength battle, and yes. it was. I mean, I've played in a couple of other double strength, and it felt like a very hard double strength battle. Yeah. Um, but what's also interesting is, as Nick was saying, is as you, it, they have ways to link these together to form a larger arc. And they've got intros and, and outros, if you will. And as the books progress through the battle scenes, they start connecting to the other books. So if you get end up getting all three, the three are are very tightly linked and give a lot of they give a lot of expression and a lot of interesting options for GMs. Even just looking at like how do I build an interesting encounter? Well, there's 45 interesting encounters in here. Uh, mm -hmm. Beyond just, oh, look at the monsters. You got terrain advice. You've got trap advice. You've got um, interaction, interactable terrain advice as well. So all of the stuff in the GM resource book that they say, hey, these are important to be thinking about when you're building an encounter in 13th age, you're now getting practical examples for. Yep. Yep. And one of the neat things, too, that um, High Magic and Low Cunning was the first battle scene book that came out, and they were already cross-referencing what's going to be, mm -hmm. uh, what's available in the other books yes. as well, which I thought was really nice. Because I've seen it in other t cases where, you know, for book one will come out, and it'll cross-reference itself, and then book two will come out, and it'll cross-reference books one and two, and books mm -hmm. three, is, it's all of them. But they've built into book one how to use it across all three books, which is really nice. And I wonder if that's a... a side effect of battle scenes originally supposed to be one book could be. and it just got larger and larger and larger and so they split it up into three now there's also um a side product that goes with each of the battle scene books uh, there is a map set that goes with each of the each of the books and i don't know have you guys had a chance to look at those i did i did <clears throat> i i love maps mm -hmm. um both as a as a gm to hand out and as a player to look, because even if you're really good at describing what's going on, it, to me as a player, it really helps if I can see the map. Even if we're not using minis and all that, just, oh, okay, I can picture the room now and what's happening. Well, yeah, and I think one of, the, one of the things I like about the maps is that I actually use them at the table. They're eight and a half by 11. They are full color. So even though the mm -hmm. book is not full color, the maps are full color. And you get... Two copies of them. So you get like the GM version of the map that has all of the placement of traps and minis and all of that. And then you get the 
the player side of the map. But because 13th Age is so abstracted when it comes to positioning, I mean, we really only have a couple of states that we're looking at. Mm-hmm. Am I between so I can intercept? Am I engaged? Am I nearby? You can throw regular size minis on these eight and a half by 11 pieces of paper and still use it as a functional, like, battle map. Yeah. No, it's good. Maps are good. Maps are always good. Now, can you take those and easily convert them to an, like an online system? Yes. So you get, uh, if you, when, if you purchase it with the PDF, it comes with the PDF and then it's just a matter of extracting it. And if you're using fantasy grounds, which as a side note and a foreshadow, we'll be recording in October, our review of the fantasy grounds, 13th age suite. But I know if you're using fantasy grounds or roll 20 and I've run, uh, 13th age on both very simple to just pull the PDF out or copy the, the image out, upload it and you're ready to go. Now there is one other extra little bit. As Nick said, there is a small adventure or a small scene called the wizard's gifts, the wizard's gifts. It's a, a little bonus scene that I thought I think is very interesting. And I highly recommend going and checking it out. If you get into high magic and low cunning, but that's kind of our general overview. Let's talk. I mean, this is more of a GM focused product because it is so much more encounter design based. GM it is. Get that's, more use. that's one of the things that I liked is it tells you the level range that you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has an intro of what it's about, story opening, how to use alternate icons, an overview of it. Uh, the battles themselves, and then the story ending of what's going to happen. And that's for each one. You know, and this they, is almost 200 pages. And they're this. linked. I mean, they're, they're Yeah, they're linked. A, so, and it gives you ideas as, yeah. as they do. It's not, okay, you don't want to use it for the three. Here's an option for yeah. you. Now, for me, how I have used them at the table is I've used them in one of two ways. I've either used them as a, oh, you guys want to play 13th Age? Like, let's do a one-shot, pick a level. Yep. I was thinking Say that everybody has to have a relation with the Archmage and run one of them. But the way I used it in our monthly 13th age game, we had the characters discovered this maze from an earlier age where the the dwarven prince who should have ascended in a previous age to become the dwarf king had disappeared and they, they discovered this error and he was like, Hey, I want to challenge the current dwarf King. Are you with me? Or are you not? And the group decided to travel with him to this maze of ascendancy. And I was like, Oh, huh? Well now I need a maze of ascendancy so that the dwarves can, uh, can rise up. And so I just went through, I went to the crown commands, which heads the dwarf King. And I found a level appropriate, you know, the, the kind of champion tier ish. They're almost on there on the cusp of champion tier. And it was great. It was three encounters, and I was able to just take it and go. I, I like the idea of using these as Nick's got a relationship with the three. So far, that hasn't come up. Let's thread a little side story in to deal with the three. And you get three, you know, a, a story arc that would actually like travel between all three tiers. What about you guys? How do you guys see using them? Uh, I see them different ways. Um, one of them, like you said, as, as one shots, because just because it's one shot doesn't need to be a first level adventure. You can even, if it's going to be like a, some sort of a annual game day at your store, here's some pre-gen characters to pick from. 
and here's a champion level to hook them in. Um, Because sometimes at first level, he's like, oh, that sounds neat, but you don't have all the powers. You throw out a champion level when there's more powers. Oh, I really like this. Okay, well, if you come back next month, we'll create characters and Mm -hmm. you can start at the beginning and get learn how to get here um, to be bad. So that would be cool. Now, what would you guys think about saying to GMs who are just getting into 13th age that, hey, this is a great, a great product to get. Like, do a smaller icon game. Like, they posted the seven icon game. You could do mm-hmm. a five icon game with this. Sure, sure. And then you have a ton of examples going forward for... And do you, What do you guys think of that? I think that would work really well. Yeah. Um, and even for those... For, even for the GMs who aren't necessarily new to it, uh, I think that it's it's a really easy way for them to take a little burden off of their shoulders of all of the planning and preparation that needs to go into creating some sort of story arc or some sort of um, encounter and say, well, this is already created. I'm going to tweak it a little bit and just throw it at the players. Um, so either – like. So, yeah, either way for um, experienced GMs who just need a little bit of a planning break from everything uh, or those new GMs who who aren't quite sure how to balance battles correctly, um, who aren't quite sure what monsters would be thematic for an encounter, um, that sort of thing, they can easily just pull something out of here and and run with it. Or if your players throw you a curveball and suddenly you need something with an icon you weren't actually ready for, well, yeah, I mean, we can, we've all done it. We just go to the GM screen and say, all right, well, I, I need this many people for this level of a fight. But this gives you something with a little bit more flavor, a little bit more story, and possibly something to jump off and go in a new direction. Yeah. And some ideas for for uh, rewards coming out of that, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the other thought I had as uh, a, a good way of using this would be for those fives on your icon relationship roles. Because um, those those ambiguous, you get a bonus, but there's strings attached to it. I know are, are a lot of times harder to actually play out. Um, and if you start getting a lot of fives with a particular icon, all right, you get help from one of their agents. And by the way, the string is this story arc that you have to go through or, or delve this dungeon or so. Yeah. Well, so let's look at like, what did we like about this book? And when I was originally prepping this, I went to, well, I really liked the Orc Lord adventures and the Hydruid adventures. Um, Why? Well, the, the Orc Lord adventure is probably the one that I've run the most. The Orc Lord adventure tier is a rafting trip through canyons that are <laughs> infested with orcs and there are orc zip lines and i mean it's just it is funny and it is kind of intense and it is a little bit zany so it's not just a bash them over the head adventure it actually has some terrain oh it's got a lot of terrain terrain things and then i liked the i really liked the uh high druid one um, just because it's almost like a little murder mystery. Like there's, there's some, some link there, but I'll be honest when I was rereading it this weekend to prep for, for this session, the blue sorcerer's bargain, which is the champion, high champion, low epic, um, adventure for the three. So having said oh that, James is going to throw it at us uh, just before <laughs> oh my we. Gosh. It is. That'll be on the cusp of going into champion. He's like, oh, you guys can handle this. You did say. What's more, player deaths. You did say your berserker has, is going to have stronger ties to the three. Yeah, no, I got you so covered, Mark. You're setting us up. Oh, yeah. This. I will say that this adventure ties in very well to the 
random encounter that we put together for the cursed or for the for the swamp. There are bog zombies and there is a a blue dragon that is slowly corrupting or slowly being there's a blue dragon which is slowly being corrupted by some sort of necrotic fungal infection. <laughs> Which I can't even say with a straight face, but I desperately want to run this this battle. Scene. So there's an angry dragon with athlete's foot. That's right, <laughs> Lich King athlete's foot. Yes, Lich King. Yeah, that yeah. stuff doesn't go away with like cryo freeze yeah. or something like that. <laughs> what about you, Mark? What stood out to you? What, uh, what really? The what? ones that I liked um, was the Archmage. It was epic level. I liked the overworld. And so the one with the, the cloud fortress? And the airships, yeah. I, I like that just because it's different. It's something that I probably wouldn't have thought up. I, I, I liked it. I think I playtested that one. Like, back yeah, I think in the so. Day. Yeah. Yeah. So that just, just where it's at and, and how it challenges players uh, is good. And then uh, I like the one with three because what can you say? Kobolds and dragons. Yeah. I mean, what's to go wrong? Just tune them up to some Tucker level kobolds and. Which, by the we way, have if you to. have not read the Tucker's Kobolds, just a shout out to one of the funniest and best dungeon articles. Have you read it, Nick? I think I have, but okay. it's been a long time. Let's put that in the show yeah. notes. Long ago, I ran a thing where the Kobolds worship this this god, and as this is probably second edition D anD. d The group sludged through, sludged through, and their god was a black dragon. At the end, they were like, "Crap." <laughs> Because by then you're all out of a lot of your stuff as you're fighting oh, yeah. these tenacious kobolds and traps and ambushes and very little toe-to-toe fighting. And I will be honest that 13th Age kobolds are probably my favorite version of kobolds because of the way they handle traps. Like that's just I've, – I've stolen that for a variety of different D20 games. All right, Nick, what about you? What uh, What adventures and encounters – uh, stood out to you. I really liked the all of the Hydruid adventures. Um, primarily, I, one of the things that really made me like it was the fact that all of the adventures were actually linked together. Mm-hmm. Like, they were supposed to be linked together. Um, all of the other rest of them were just kind of like, you can tie these together, and here's how, here's some advice on how you could kind of link um, these different encounters together. But everything on the Hydruid went from scene one to scene two, to scene three, and that, that progression and the, the twists um, that it come along with that, um, I really liked. Yeah. The other, um, I liked the Prince of Shadows, Thief of Dreams scene, um, just because this, this dream world that you end up getting in and um, everything else that comes along with that, and especially in, in relation to the power that's in the player's hands for terrain. It was, yeah, I thought it was really good. Very cool. So... You can get it from friendly local game stores. You can order it online through Pelgrane Press. Uh, it's about $30 for the print or $20 for the PDF. Um, Drive Through RPG does have some of the individual scenes if you just want to check it out in advance for $3 a scene. Um, but I will say if you get it through your local game store or you get it through Pelgrane, you'll get the PDF copy if your friendly local game store is signed up through Bits and Mortar. If you're in Colorado Springs... Petri's Family Games is, so just come on down. He'll sell you High Magic and Low Cunning. I think he did it to Nick. So, yeah. um, Also, Pelgrane has a great deal where you can get all three battle scenes with the maps in one bundle price. So it's $50 for all three books and three map sets in PDF, 
or 110 for all three physical copies and all three map packs. So, and then they also have an individual bundle for high magic and low cunning with the map pack for $40. Right. So the book itself is is 30. Mm-hmm. The maps are an extra 20, but you can get them together for 40. Yep, exactly. Okay. So as a GM, where would you put this? So it sounds like we all enjoyed it. Is that an accurate statement? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So 13th Age Core Book. And we've said that the GM resource guide is probably the next step, like because of because of the information it provides. Where do you put a battle scene book after Bestiary and True Ways? Before Bestiary and True Ways? So, like second tier of purchasing, third tier of purchasing. What are your thoughts? I would probably put it after the GM screen before Thirteenth True Ways or the Bestiary, um, especially for new GMs. You know, someone who's wanting to start getting into this, they buy the core book, they buy the GM screen, and now they're getting ready to play a game. Okay, they've got an idea of what sort of icons they're going to be using. This, these books would be an excellent resource for them as the next step. And they've got all the write-ups for all of the monsters to be used in here. So, and, and even the ones that are referenced in 13 True Ways or the Bestiary, they're also uh, written up as part of these battles. So that's probably where I would put it. What about you, Mark? I'd probably put it to third, just being more, I'd played long, longer. <clears throat> I would get probably the best year in 13 two ways and all the other stuff and first and then probably get this. Come back around yeah. through that. Awesome. Well, any final thoughts before we wrap up? Um, as far as a player's perspective goes, uh, this isn't a book for you. No, sorry, <laughs> there's, guys. there's really nothing in here other than spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. And who wants that? <laughs> yeah. uh, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of opportunities to die. Yes. Yes. Players will get a lot out of it. Yeah. Just from the other side. Just from right. the other side of the screen. The other side of the mall, as it as it <laughs> No, that was this side of the mall. <laughs> All right. And remember, you can support the show by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash iconic podcast, or you can use our Amazon referral link, which is found in the show notes, to do online shopping, and we get a little bit of money that helps go to support keeping the lights on here in the iconic studio. So thanks for listening. Well, you've been listening to the Iconic Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can contact us at iconicpodcast at gmail.com or call and leave a voicemail at 720-924-1706. And be sure to check out iconicpodcast.com for news, updates, and new episodes. Thanks for listening.